Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 288 of the podcast. It's Jessica, and I'm so very glad you are here. I have a fantastic interview to share with you today. My guest is Emily Lay. Emily is someone I have a long time been a fan of. I've heard her on other podcasts, and I love all the work that she has done, and today we're diving more into her motherhood. She's a mom of three, including twins, and she's the founder of Simplified, a brand of planners and organizational tools for busy women. She's worked so hard to really hone in on what a successful, well-planned life looks like, and not that you have to be overly scheduled or busy, 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 but it's intentionally prioritizing your priorities. And that's what I love so much. So we're going to talk about that. She also has a new book coming out called When Less Becomes More. She and I just have a fantastic conversation and I'm so excited if you don't already know Emily to get to know her a little better today. So let's get to it with my guest Emily Lay. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Emily Lay today. Hi Emily. Hi, How, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Where am I talking to you from today? I'm in Pensacola, Florida. How is the weather in Pensacola? Well, today it's very, very, very dark and rainy, but oh. usually it's pretty nice, especially this time of year. Awesome. That's so wonderful. My husband was in the Navy, and so oh, yeah. I know that's a common place. We never lived in Florida or anything, but um, yeah, a lot of people love that area so much. Oh, yeah, the Navy base is very close to us here, so we get to watch the Blue Angels practice. Isn't that fun? Isn't that awesome? Actually, yes. one of my friends was a Blue Angel, and he no has That's amazing. he has like a piece of a wing that got clipped off in like one of their oh close God. passes, and a yeah. little chunk fell off of the wing, and he has that like hanging in his office. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that is amazing. I'm such a fan. <laughs> it is so. When I was 10 years old, I thought I'm going to be a fighter pilot. Like I'm going to do this, but then right. I realized I don't even like big airplanes. So small airplanes Same probably not great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day, "Would you fly in one if you got the chance?" And I said, "You know what? I'm a terrible flyer, but if I was asked and had the opportunity, I would absolutely do it." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing like it, but I would be so embarrassed to be totally puking my guts out, most oh, likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is so cool. Are you from Florida? I am, yeah. Born and raised here in Pensacola, and then um, my husband and I moved away to Tampa, where we had three kids, and I started my company, and then we moved back about a year ago. So we are so glad to be back. We have a lot of family here, um, and we are in our forever house, and we're never moving again. It's the worst. It really, really is. And like I said, we were in the military, and so we actually yeah. had movers, and so it made it so much easier and everything. So but much easier. They will pack your trash, though, so you have to do your part. <laughs> oh, that happened to us. That happened to us. Yeah, that, that I remember unboxing things and thinking, well, that's interesting. That's but also, I'm not complaining done. because we had people help us pack. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned, and I'm sure many people are familiar, you are the founder of Simplified and the Simplified Planner. How yes. did that come to be? What was your life looking like? You have three little kids um, right now, including twins. But well, maybe we should just start with that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> tell me about early motherhood for you. Let's start there because this is the Extraordinary yeah. Moms podcast. Was I motherhood have, what you thought? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have um, 
an eight-year-old little boy named Brady, and then we have twins, Tyler and Caroline, who are four. Um, they remind me often that they are almost five. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would prefer I don't use the four word. <laughs> but they are they are wonderful, and they were long prayed for and fought for. We went through many, many years of infertility um, and treatments for that and, and that kind of thing. But they are three big personality kids. We always laugh and say that God had absolutely no mercy on the volume level of our house when he gave us our three because they are they are bright and beautiful and loud and just they're amazing. Um, so early motherhood for me, though, was really overwhelming. Um, we didn't have family around, and um, I had just left my job the day I found out I was pregnant with our first. And early motherhood was hard. I mean, I, I remember calling my mom and saying my mom had two kids and worked outside the house and so did my dad and I remember saying like how did you put dinner on the table every night and keep us alive and do all the laundry and all of that stuff and she was like it's hard but you just you figure it out and um the simplified planner was born out of my own overwhelm and uh mess really I was looking for something to help me keep all the things that I loved so dearly together and keep me organized. And, you know, I was looking for a quick fix. I was looking for a product or something that would like help me organize it all. What I realized is as much as I needed a tool to help me organize all the things I had going on, I also needed a fresh start mentally. I needed to take a step back and say, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to be perfect. And so at the same time that the Simplified Planner was born, also this whole new passion for me about simplifying complicated parts of life and building community around that and connecting with women who are kind of on that same path um, has been, it was born at the same time and it's just been really, really fun. Um, I -hmm. pinch myself every day that I get to do this. That's so awesome. And I love when it starts as simply a passion project or something born out of the need of your own necessity, right? And solving your own problem, you realize you're not alone in struggling with the simplification of life and the busyness and just that rabbit hole that we all get thrown into and we think it's unavoidable, right? Right. And so we just feel like, well, this is just how it is. This is just what it is. Yeah. But it can be – it can be different. There can be like your calendar can still look really full and yet your mind can be so much more at peace than it is right. when you feel like you're just spinning your wheels and trying to play catch up all the time. Totally. Absolutely. And that was kind of how I was feeling. And I just remember saying like, I don't, I feel like everyone else has it all together. And all of my friends have like perfect hair and dinner on the table at six and (laughs) no one complains and everything's easy for them. And like, why is it hard for me? Mm. Um, and what I realized is all those girls that were putting up that front, they were just faking it. (laughs) It's hard for everybody. (laughs) And so it was like, it was almost like this company kind of gave people permission to talk about the things that are hard. And it gave me permission to dig into that in my own life as well. And I've always kind of had a knack for organizing and, um, I've always like really liked it a lot. I, I attribute that to my own mom who was a teacher and kind of taught me a love for that, but it's been really fun to kind of parlay 
that natural ability of mine into something that I care so deeply about and am living every day too, you know? Right. Well, it's like just killing two birds with one stone, right? It'd be very hard it's, for me, I'm just speaking for me, to go to a job that's so separate from my life that doesn't have that carryover or I'm not learning lessons that I can then implement to my own life and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like that would be hard to be kind of a full-time mom and a full-time you know, working woman, but if you can integrate those two, if at all possible, I know it's not possible for everybody in their working situation, but when you're exploring a new hobby or a new interest or volunteering, whatever it looks like for you when you're able to kind of integrate your life and the lessons you've learned and it really adds to your life, that's when you know you're on the right path. Hey everyone, I know you're enjoying this episode with Emily, but I wanted to thank our show sponsor, Imperfect Foods. Did you know that all in all, over $218 billion of food goes to waste in this country every year, including 20 billion pounds of produce? Now that is what Imperfect Foods is here to change. Imperfect Foods is the only food delivery service that buys the perfectly nutritious and delicious foods grocery stores won't sell and delivers them to you at discount so you can save money and help reduce food waste. I love this concept so much and I received two boxes of Imperfect Foods, which by the way, you can customize these boxes so you're getting exactly what you want. And there was nothing wrong with the produce that I received. I got apples and carrots and yams and squash and everything. And they were all fantastic. And they came straight to my door. So I loved the convenience. And knowing that I was helping to reduce the waste that goes on with produce, it felt so good. And so I love this concept and this company so, so much. And along with purchasing quirky looking produce, you can also get a surplus of coffee, discolored quinoa, off-sized eggs, lightly scarred almonds, and other things that you won't even notice the imperfections. So start saving time, saving money, and saving waste right now. Because when you go to imperfectfoods.com EEP now through February 16th, you'll get $10 off your next four orders. That's a total of $40 off. Just go to imperfectfoods.com slash EEP to get $10 off your next four orders. Imperfectfoods.com slash EEP and enter EEP at checkout. Thank you so much to Imperfect Foods for sponsoring the podcast. Now let's get back to my conversation with Emily. Yeah. Well, I think also something that we as women, um, well, I don't want to say fail at, but something that we... um, try to achieve is this idea of balance. And over the years, that was something I loved to think about and I love to talk about. Um, And what I've learned is that it's really not something that exists. Mm -hmm. Um, I always use this example that I feel like achieving balance, if you will, is like riding a bike and you're just constantly shifting your weight from left to right to keep from face planting. And so (laughs) we're, you know, one day we're leaning hard into work and then the next day we're leaning hard into family and you just you ebb and flow. I mean, it's like I have um, this book tour coming up and I have to leave for about a week and it's hard when you have three kids. And, um, and I was explaining it to the kids and and they're a little bit older now, so they kind of get it, but they know that like before and after we're going to do some extra special fun things and I'm going to lean hard that way because soon I know I'm going to have to lean hard the other way. And Mm. so it's this dance rather than this finish line that we, we think we, see other people achieving and we have to like get there, you know, it's something we all choreograph on our own. Well, I like how you said, you know, nobody actually has their life together. We see whether it's on Instagram or even in real life and it's just like, yeah, how does she 
do it. Right. Like, what is she doing? And you're right. They're either faking it and it's not, right. they don't really all have their act together or they're super good at delegating and they're not actually doing all the things. They're just choosing what they do do and they're doing those things really well legitimately, but they're not checking every single box, right? They're not doing all the things. So maybe they have, wow, your house is immaculate all the time. Maybe she has a house cleaner or, oh my gosh, you have, you know, all your meals prepped and planned and everything. Like maybe she does home chef. Like who who knows? And we should yeah. ask them, how do you do it? Right? Like I would love to learn yeah. from you. Like I would love to have my meals, you know, better organized and planned and prepped and tell me what you do and learn from them. Yeah. So instead of taking the energy in a form of jealousy, Take it in a form of education. And, you know, who doesn't like to be asked about a thing that they're excelling in? I'm sure yeah. people will be happy to share with you, right? So for you, during your time of overwhelm and kind of chaos, what were the areas of your life that felt most burdensome and overwhelming that you felt like you needed to simplify? It was definitely my schedule, but then it was also um, meal planning. I... You know, I come from a, a long line of very talented chefs in the kitchen. I mean, my mom, my dad, my brother, they can do a little, little this and a little that and make something incredible. And I, I, I did not get that DNA. I, I have tried to develop it. I have tried to love to cook. And um, what I've learned is that it isn't my forte. I don't have to be the best at it. I need to have basic skills so I can feed the people in my house who, by the way, want to eat three times a day, sometimes more, most often more. <laughs> but that, for whatever reason, I remember connecting dinner time for my family with memories of dinner time as a child where my parents would, every single night, they would make dinner together. We would sit down at the table and we would have dinner. And it was, it felt very effortless to me and my brother. And to me that that was like okay if you're a good mom you are you love to cook you love to create you know dinner for your family and do all of that and i i took my own lack of interest in it or my own kind of inabilities in the kitchen i, I had a lot of guilt about it thinking like well this makes me not a good mom because i don't love to cook and when i kind of started to embrace this idea of grace not perfection in my life i thought there's other things i'm good at as a mom and as, as I've learned, you know, over the years, as I've learned more things about how to cook and um, gotten better at it, I've started to develop a love for it, not because I actually love putting food together and making it in the kitchen, but because I'm able to involve my kids and I'm able to make a memory out of it that's not just the act of cooking. So all that to say, it, that was really overwhelming to me in the beginning. And so was um, my schedule. I I was, am ambitious and I was saying yes to everything in the beginning of owning my own company in the name of propelling it forward. And I, you know, I left a very great corporate job. I have a master's degree in nonprofit administration. And um, when I stepped out on my own after many years of working both jobs, when I stepped out on my own, I felt like I had something to prove. And I also just really wanted to see this other baby of mine be successful so I said yes to everything and just completely initially burned myself out. Um, and it's been a lesson learned over the last, gosh, I've been doing this now um, 11 years. It's been a lesson learned of saying yes to the right things, not every single thing. And um, saying no to things that are good to make room for eventual or future things that are great. So 
So for people that are in a season where whether they're building a business or whether it's a time in their family where they feel like a lot of yeses are required of them, yeah, how do you simplify those times where mm-hmm. could you have done anything differently during that time in hindsight now? I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So yeah. going back, would you have done anything differently? Could you have done anything and still achieved what you were able to achieve with your business? Or are there just certain seasons where it's going to look like that? Yeah, I love that you said that because that was exactly what I was thinking. There are seasons of life where we cannot take anything off our plates. Um, I have a friend, um, her name's Rachel Shingleton, and I we're Instagram friends. She's an interior designer, and I remember her saying one time that we all have a lot of balls in the air. We can have, and there are times in our life where we have a ton of balls in the air, and you cannot drop. There, there will be a ball or two balls that you cannot drop. For me, I cannot drop my family. I will not drop my family. That means that there has to be something else that you can afford to drop once or twice or for a season. Now, yes, there are certain seasons of life that are very overwhelming where we have to be doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, What I think that we forget most often in those seasons is that we have to make time to fill our wells, especially as women who we are made as caretakers. We're often giving out so much to everyone else and caring for everyone else and not taking care of ourselves. And that's where the idea of soul care comes in. Everybody talks about self-care and like a manicure is awesome. And you're like, yes, please. I would love to go get a massage. But that's to me, that is not real soul care. Real soul care often looks a lot like sleep or connection with a really good friend where you can unburden your heart a bit. Taking care of our souls during those times where there's just nothing else that we can drop, I think is so, so, so important. Now, looking back at my own life, in that very, very busy season, especially in the beginning of building a business, um, I'm not sure that there was a way I could have done it differently other than stopping to take care of myself a little bit better. Um, I put myself on the back burner. We always call it, um, I wrote about this in Grace Not Perfection, we, we martyr ourselves mm. on, the, on the altar of motherhood. Like, I'm going to sacrifice myself wholeheartedly because that means I'm a good mother. And to me, that is an absolute lie. We believe that if we expend ourselves to the point of being downright empty, then that means that we're the best mom we can be. And that is false. And I only know this because I've done it a hundred times. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, especially in this season with new babies. I mean, when we had our infant twins, I don't, I don't even remember some of those days. It was so hard not sleeping, nursing two babies, trying to still work in my company. I had a four-year-old who required a lot of attention during that time and we had no family around. I mean, it was so hard. And I can remember being like, I'm just going to keep pushing through, but I didn't pause to take care of myself. And what eventually happened was I hit a wall and I can remember walking around my neighborhood. Just soul care during that season for me looked like walking. Mm -hmm. I would put the kids in the stroller take Brady with me and we would walk around my neighborhood one foot in front of the other. My best friend Kristen would come over and just, she would go with us and we would walk and I would just cry. And it was the only thing I could do to like keep my energy going, keep pushing through, but it was my soul care, just walking around the neighborhood. So I think we just have to find those areas where it, maybe it doesn't look like a vacation for a week to Hawaii. Maybe our soul care looks like, putting the kids in a stroller and just getting outside, unburdening your heart to a friend. Um, 
I just think that's so, 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 so important and something that we forget, especially in the early days. Absolutely. I know. I don't know where this thought that mothering on fumes makes us a better mother, Uh, right? Yeah. And and yet it's tricky because I hear from a lot of mothers, myself included, that feel guilty, like especially in those busy seasons where you do have limited discretionary time, to not then go back home and be with your kids more feels wrong. And taking time for yourself feels selfish. Totally. So I remember. How, I remember all those feelings. Yeah. And um, it was my husband who was like, "Your our kids are seeing tired mom uh-huh. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm going to give you, you know, a couple of hours as much as I can because he was working a ton too. Um, and I remember him saying like, you just need to take a couple hours and go take a nap. Just reset yourself. Um, and so hearing that, like, I don't want my kids to always see tired mom. I don't want my daughter um, to grow up thinking that stressed and burned out is just inevitable for her. I think that we, I think she can do better and I think we can do better. Yeah. And I think we focus so much on parenting strategies, potty training a certain way and getting our kids to behave a certain way. And yet when we're poor models of what it looks like to be a fulfilled human. How can we expect our kids to achieve that Mm -hmm. healthy lifestyle and dare I say balance, right? Of, Of incorporating, yes, we love, we serve, we give, and we also start with ourselves first and we give all of those same things that we would pour out to somebody else to ourselves so that we can even sustain that I mean Mm -hmm. why do you think there's a suicide epidemic I mean among many reasons I mean people are just feeling depleted and worthless and run down and it's no wonder mental health problems and suicide and all of these things are an all-time high because the expectations are ludicrous and unsustainable Mm -hmm. yeah no I, I completely agree and I you know, I look at my daughter who's four, almost mm-hmm. five, and I I look at her and I think you are so bright and happy and she just loves life and has this huge personality. And I think I don't ever want that to change, but I used to be that same little girl and I'm 36 years old now and I know that, that things change and we change. And so for me, Yes, I think that modeling this to our girls in our boys is so important. And I think it's also important to be there for each other and for them as they start to take on more responsibility in life and show them that, that there there are ways we can simplify life. Um, but most importantly, to fill our wells so that we can be the best versions of ourselves for all the things we care about. Absolutely. And I'm that's why I'm so appreciative for conversations with strong women like you. I mean, people might look at you and think you're that one that has it all together. You <laughs> are that one that we might, you know, be comparing ourselves to, right? And yeah. mm-hmm. so that's why these conversations about yeah. the behind the scenes are so critical to debunk that myth. And we don't even have to say we have it all together. We're not even trying to appear like we have it all together. But just by nature of achievement and running a successful mm-hmm. business and 
I mean, keeping twins alive. I mean, really, (laughs) you're doing it, right? And so we all have different things. I think we compare other people's strengths to our own own weaknesses. So whatever it is that I see in you that I'm feeling really inferior about, those are the things I'm going to see and be like, well, I'm not Emily and I'm not doing this, that, or the other thing. And, you know, just fill in the name, right, of the person around you that you're comparing yourself to. You don't have to know the person also to feel – defeated by their accomplishments, right? And so I'm just really so grateful um, for, for your willingness to share and to write books on this. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank our last show sponsor today and that is FabFitFun. I know you've probably heard all about FabFitFun, but I have been the recipient of some of their boxes now and I love them. FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home and wellness products sent straight to your doorstep each season. So whether you are looking to curate a box full of your favorites or you want to try some new products, FabFitFun selection is totally fantastic and you can customize the seasonal boxes so you get that delightful box showing up right to your door and it is so fun. The boxes sell out fast so sign up for yours today. When I got my first box on my doorstep, I immediately ripped right into it and had so much fun going piece by piece. The beautiful earrings, the ear crawlers now that I love to wear and I'd never tried them before. Hair masks and a scent and a clutch. Some of the items I knew I was going to use right away and others I've been re-gifting as friends have had birthdays. So it's been super fun. You could make these boxes personal and of course it is just a great way to treat yourself. These boxes retail for $49.99, but always have a value of over $200. So you can use the code EMP for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. That's code EMP for $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. Thank you so much to FabFitFun for sponsoring the show, and I hope you'll take advantage of that offer. Now let's get right back to it and finish up my conversation with Emily. So there came a time where your health really started feeling the weight of your busyness and hectic lifestyle. Tell me about that time. Yeah, well, there were two. Well, there were a couple. Um, (laughs) There have been a couple over the past 10 years. Um, I would say the one that really inspired this book happened end of last last year. I I had a book deadline and had a lot of ideas of what I wanted to do the book that I wanted to write. And every time I sat down to get started and to pour my heart out, I was really struggling. And I felt like God was saying, I have another book for you to write. And I was talking to my husband and um, I was crying and I was telling him, I'm so tired. Like we've just come through the holidays. It's a very, very busy um, transitional time in our company. We have, we were growing just like wildfire, which is amazing, but there's eight of us. Um, we're a small but mighty company. And um, our kids were tiny. And, and I remember just saying, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so tired. And I'm so burned out. And I have no idea how I'm going to get this book done. And I like every time I sit down to write, I, all I can think of is I, I'm just so overwhelmed. And I'm sick of being like this. I'm tired mom again. And um, Brian looked at me and said, this, that's the book you have to write. That is the book. And I said, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. I don't want to talk about that. It's awful. It's not fun to feel this way. And he said, but you've encountered this in your life before. You know the way out. And 
you're, you know, yes, people look at you as the expert on simplifying, but let's talk about what's beneath that. Um, why is it that women have been drawn to the company Simplified and the Simplified Planner for so many years? It's because there's something, it's not just that we all want to be organized. It's underneath, there's this epidemic that's happening. And I believe it's a uniquely female epidemic that's happening where we are, we are burned out women and we have giant responsibility, huge responsibilities. And yet we are running on empty, running on empty. That was almost the name of the book, actually. Um, <laughs> and so I sat down. I, I Well, first I emailed my team and I said, I've got to write this book. I know what I'm going to write about. and It's not going to be easy. And I'm going to get off of social media for 30 days. I'm going to break away from technology as much as I can and give myself space to fully explore what it would look like to live life a different way. The entire world is telling us we have to live our life with our hair on fire. We have to go to every single birthday party. We have to answer every single phone call, respond to every single text message. We have to achieve X, Y, and Z and chase after this idea of the quote unquote good life that for many of us looks like the great life. Like we have to chase the best, the biggest, the next thing. And I am going to take some time and I'm going to, I'm going to unravel this because I think there's something here and they were so awesome and they were so supportive. And I did, I took 30 days and I sat in my living room on my couch every single day next to the fireplace and I poured my heart out and I cried writing every single word because parts of it were painful. Parts of it were to me felt very shameful. Um, but it was the most freeing thing I've ever done in my life to dig into why in the world we got so tangled up, how I got so tangled up, and mm. how in the world we were going to get out of it. And by the time I finished writing this thing, I felt like I had put my best life's work onto paper. And I remember sending it to my mom, who has walked every step of this <laughs> with me. And she said, I'm going to cry saying this. She said, <laughs> "If when Caroline gets to read this one day, this will be the greatest gift you've ever given her. And I was like, well, I'm done. <laughs> um, and what I, what I learned through the whole thing is that we can unsubscribe. Mm. We can, we can look at the world and it's busyness and the chase of the next best thing, the next best thing, the next best thing and say, I am going to redefine what the good life looks like for myself. And I'm going to say, the good life actually looks a lot like where I am right now and that the great life chasing that feels a little bit exhausting. And we have more control and more power than we realize that we can turn off things. We can say no to things. We can settle down and sometimes take the path of most resistance for the sake of the good life we're after. Hmm. One of the stories that I tell in the book that, probably one of my favorite stories is um, the story of the bookmobile. So I don't know if you had this where you grew up, but we had a public library that had an old RV and they took this RV and they turned it into a traveling library for kids. And they would bring it to the Kmart parking lot by my house when I was little. And my mom and I would go there and I would go inside and inside the RV, they had all these kids books. And I remember it smelled like really it was just beautiful. Like it's one of those old books and they had a, um, 
big beanbag chair inside and I would sit there and I would thumb through all the books and take forever doing it, choosing the books that I was going to take home. And then I would go home and I would read them really quickly. And then we would come back, you know, a couple days later when the bookmobile would be back to choose our next books. And what do I do when my kids want a book now? I go to Amazon Mm -hmm. and it comes the next day. Something is being lost when we always choose the path of least resistance. And that is one of the biggest takeaways I took from writing this book. Oh my gosh. See, (laughs) when we think of simplifying, we often think of just being like, okay, I'm just going to start saying no to everything and I'm just going to clear out my calendar. But then you're left with an empty calendar. So I think it's not just about the elimination and just the decluttering part. It's about what are you putting back in its place? And it really is. I mean, by all accounts, when you're feeling overwhelmed and sick as you were, you wouldn't think, let's write a book. Like, like that, yeah, that's not, right. that's not less. That, that is, yeah. that is more that you're adding right. onto your plate. However, that choice to spend your time that way led to quote the greatest gift you could ever give your daughter. So when we can look at things through the lens of not just the elimination of things or it's about saying yes to the right things that leads to what's the greatest gift I can give. And it doesn't need to yeah. be a grand book that's published right. for everybody to read. It could be as simple as I'm committing to volunteering once a week in my child's class because that actually matters to me. Matters. Or it's saying yeah. no to that because it doesn't. <laughs> right? You, you well, get to long, choose. How long do we go on autopilot? I mean, yeah. for so many years, I operated on autopilot that – you know, this is what life looks like. And so we just keep going and we keep adding and we keep adding and we keep adding. And if you think of yourself like a balloon, um, imagine that you are like this bright yellow balloon when you're a little girl, right? And we add lots of things into it. We add jobs, marriage, um, kids, volunteering, you know, you add all the things. And eventually, if you don't take something out, this balloon becomes this like overly full stretch to the max thing that is susceptible to everything around it ready to pop at a moment's notice and that's no way for us to live as women as wives as mothers as friends that is us living life just you know stretched to the max every day and so I think what's so valuable is to realize that no matter our season no matter our situation we can pump the brakes and we can stop and take inventory of what's going on. We get to say no to things. And yes, there are, like we said, there are some things you cannot say no to, obviously. But there are things in our lives that we can turn the noise down on, that we can evaluate. And once you start doing it, like I did when I started writing this thing, once you start doing it, you start to realize holy cow, I have way more control over the chaos than I realized. I can turn off the notifications on my phone. I can, when I'm taking three children under the age of eight to school who have 900 things to say every morning, I can turn the radio off. It's less noise. Um, We don't have to have our oldest son who wants to be involved in everything. We don't have to have him in three sports every semester. We can choose one. And then the next season, he can choose something else. We don't have to overextend ourselves and therefore raise burned out children either. Mm. I don't have to um, correct every misstep my children make. I can let things slide. Um, 
really just all of these things help us to learn that we can evaluate things in life and we can make choices to say yes and to say no. And what that does is it eventually slows our pace. It slows our steps. It slows our our thoughts. It slows everything down. And we start to realize that we have been racing, racing towards I don't know what. And a lot of times we think like, okay, I'm on this train, right? I'm on this awesome train and it's going somewhere and it's going fast, but like, I've got all the things together. I've got the meal planning done. The laundry's going. I got everything is, is functioning. But like if one thing falls apart, it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. And like we're on this train and what we don't realize is when we're going so fast, sometimes we're headed toward a brick wall and we don't even know it until we pause and we look around and we take inventory and we start to take action. And I think what's so important about what you're saying is there's certain things that work for a season. And then we, we, like you said, we put it on autopilot once we have those systems in place and we are not taking the time to reevaluate for a new season of our life. And if it's not working for you, you have to not expect different results when you're not willing to make a change and do things differently. Yeah. Right? And so – Absolutely. So you don't need to begrudge things that aren't working just because they used to work in the past. Like, well, why aren't they working now? It's like because people are dynamic and circumstances (laughs) are dynamic. And we need to reevaluate and we have the tools to do that. And so I'm curious, how have your kids responded to this change of pace? Like, did your oldest butt up against, like, but I want to do all three things. Like, I can't just choose one. Like, how, how have they responded to this change? It's funny how relieved he was when oh. we started slowing things down. And my... My oldest son is so much like me, very, very much like me. He thinks about everything. He's very sensitive. And I started to notice some anxiety in him that I myself have dealt with. And um, knowing how I alleviate that for myself by slowing down, I knew that we were going to make the right decision for him. And um, giving him some space in his life to be bored to look around and not have to go from, you know, one activity to the next activity, to the next birthday party, to the next thing, giving him space to just kind of breathe really helped a lot. Um, one thing that I noticed with my kids, we had to, we built a house uh, a couple years ago and we, we lived in a rental beach condo for a little while when we were in between houses, it was a thousand square feet and all three of my kids shared a bedroom. It was very exciting. (laughs) And, um, we brought three boxes of toys to the beach, tiny boxes, like not a lot. We brought Legos, dress up stuff and magnetiles. And then I brought some coloring books and that was it. We left a whole playroom full of toys in Tampa in storage before we moved to Pensacola. My kids didn't remember any of it. Mm -hmm. And as we were moving into our house that we're in now, it was, you know, bigger um, than the, the beach condo. When those boxes came in the front door, a lot of them went right back out and we gave them to, you know, we donated them because I have found with my own kids, when they have 5,000 choices in front of them, they're overwhelmed and they show it in different ways. They don't necessarily say to me, Hey mom, like I don't need 5,000 toys. And you know, I would do better if I had two choices or three choices right here. But you, you know, we see it in outbursts or in behavior and things like that. So learning that, my kids don't necessarily need tons of activities, tons of toys and all of that 
Um, it's really just simplified things for us. I read a book called Simplicity Parenting that just completely changed our lives as parents. So totally recommend that to anybody who's kind of looking into things like that. Um, the guy that wrote it, he's just, it's a guy and a girl that wrote it. And it's just fascinating what they talk about in terms of we often overbuy or overprovide for our kids um, because we can. And what he teaches us is that our kids don't actually need a whole lot of that. What they really need is time, our time, our attention. And so um, my kids, they responded really well. I think that was one of the biggest ways that I saw the fruits of what we were doing um, was through their adaptivity toward it and also just the change in attitude that I saw with them, that they were overwhelmed just like I was. Mm, That is so interesting because kids don't know what they need. Like they they know what they want. But they don't right. always know what they need. And it's our job as parents to help them identify and, or just experiment even. Maybe the one activity wasn't going to be work for your son ultimately. And you're going to yeah. go back to three. Like, But yeah. you get to experiment and you get to gather more data on what's working and what's not. And until you try it, you're yeah. never going to know. And you have found that it's been positive. But even if it wasn't, is he any worse for wear if this one semester he did one thing? No. Yeah. No. And we – yeah, we get up in our own head about it for sure. No, totally. Yeah. Uh, so just one last thought. So many times I get on a, a new habit or a new way of thinking or things and I get all jazzed and I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. And then I slide back into oh, my yeah. old ways and life gets busy again and I say I yep. want to simplify and my life is anything but. So I'm curious for you – do you have any safeguards in place or how do you keep from backsliding into old ways now yeah. that you know this, this new way? Here's my thought on that. Um, every time I've written a book, it's funny, like I'll, I'll write the book and then I will want to put it on the shelf and say, well, that was fun. That was a cool journey. Um, I am officially better. I have learned the things and implemented them and life will forever stay the same and I can put that on the shelf and walk away. <laughs> and what happens is, if, I swear to you, every single time we've released a book, right before the book comes out, I find myself knee deep in it again. And and I, I almost feel like it is just the way it's supposed to be so that I can speak authentically about the struggle of it. Um, my hope is that, number one, women who read this book will understand that this is very much a journey. And number two, uh, the way that the book is written, in the beginning, I write a letter to Caroline, and then in the end, I write another letter to Caroline. So as if she is reading it as a grown-up girl facing these same struggles. And in the last letter to her, I said to her, now you know. So now you know the better standard. Now you know what I have gone through and, you know, kind of the ways that I have alleviated some of these things. Now, you know, a new way of thinking. So my hope is that women will walk away from this. There's lots of, it it has like lots of worksheets and journaling prompts and things like that throughout. So my hope is that women will work through this slowly, think through the questions for themselves, write down some of their answers. And when they get to the end, they too will know this new way of thinking. And for me, that's the most beautiful thing about it is that, yes, we made all these changes. And yes, so many times, you know, we we don't stay on top of the mountain. We slide down or we go to the side and we have to keep working toward it. But for me, it's this standard that now I know that there is so much of a better way to live life. And so when things start to feel a little unraveled, I know where I want to get. 
because I know that that pace and that way of thinking really works for me and really works for our family. And I know how to get there. And so my hope is not that everyone will read this and make their lives perfect. It's that they (laughs) will read this and they will know that they're not alone and they'll realize that they were made for more and that, um, they'll be able to put some of this practical stuff into play in their own life. Mm. Yeah, that is a great, great response. It's not about that perfection. It's about the awareness, right? Because until you're aware of something, you can't address it, right? So even if you have a really jam-packed week and it's like, this is how it is this week, and then the next week we're going to do these things to kind of create some space again, you know? I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's just the awareness and knowing that that space is coming can help you get through those hard seasons because sometimes, like you said, the season of yes, 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 sometimes it just has to be that way. And it doesn't mean you can't, thrive and enjoy that time too and learn in that time too but any opportunities for increased awareness I mean that's just I think that's the ultimate goal is actually evaluating your life for what it is not what you think it should be not what you you know want it to be or beating yourself up too much about it so I love that oh so good okay when less becomes more, where can people find your incredible new book? And this would be a great gift Yay. for people too, don't you think? Oh my gosh, yeah. absolutely. It's such a beautiful book. Um, oh, so many people played a part in making it a reality. And from um, an artist who works with me, Jessa, to um, photographers who took amazing photos from the inside of the book, um, I think it would make a great Christmas gift. But mm. you can get it everywhere books are sold. Target has a special edition with extra content and um, Barnes and Noble will have signed editions in some of their stores. So yeah, anywhere books are sold. Amazing. Congratulations on this. And definitely people need to check out the Simplified Planner if they're looking for a new planner for the new year. Um, I mean, this is all based around a real mom's eat, sleep, and breathe life of how you, you and others get things done um, in a more yeah. simplified and organized way. And it's just a really effective tool. So, oh, Emily, this has just been so great. So I always ask my guests one final question. We just brought back this question from the original first 200 episodes, but it is, what would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, girlfriend, you don't have to have it all together. (laughs) You you look around and think that you need to do it all and be it all, and you don't. You will find so much joy in the mess if you just allow yourself to be there. Such a good word. Yay. Thanks, Emily, for coming on today, for sharing all that you have for this incredible book. Oh, thank you. Okay, if Emily wasn't already on your radar, aren't you so glad I brought her into your life? It was just such a great conversation. And though it was the first time we had ever spoken, I felt like we were fast friends and we were really on the same page. So many times the struggles that we're experiencing in our own life with busyness and choices and priorities and things like that and juggling our own passions and interests or work while also trying to maintain our family as a priority, we're all going through it and we're all doing it wrong at times, and sometimes we're getting it right. And so I just really encourage you to have these conversations with your circle of moms and women in your life. What are they doing that's working for them? What are they struggling with? Because the less you feel alone, the more validated you can feel, and you feel a little less like a failure. 
and you can get some great ideas from the moms in your life. So I encourage you to have those conversations and I hope this conversation with Emily today was an inspiration as it was to me. Everything will be linked over to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com if you want to find out more about Emily's book or if you want to connect with her online. And you, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDalquist3 on Instagram or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. So very glad you decided to tune in today. I love doing this podcast, you guys, and I'm so grateful for you listening and sharing and everything. Last week was my birthday, and you guys really came through leaving reviews and sharing the show. So thank you so much for doing that. Alrighty, we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.